Today I want to preach a message entitled, Jesus is the answer for the world today. And Taylor and I have an opportunity more than ever in my life before to see the world. And if you've got your Bibles, turn with me to John chapter 1 is where we're going. And it talks about Jesus. It talks about the difference He makes. And today I want to speak to us about how we can be people who can change the atmosphere. You don't have to live under the atmosphere. Through Jesus, you have the capacity to change the atmosphere. And here in John chapter 1, it says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. It goes on, verse 6, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came, came for a witness to bear witness to the light that all through him might believe. He was not the light, but he was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. And to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, not of the will of the flesh, not of the will of man, but of God. There's a lot in that. I know as a young pastor, I've had to read through that many, many times because it's poetic, but there's a lot in that. But it says in here, if you can catch it, it says that Jesus is the light of the world. He's the light of the world. There's a lot of darkness happening in the world at the moment. Just, just pause for a second. Pastor Stewart is the mature preacher. Today, you've got the young, enthusiastic preacher, all right? Just, just, just a warning, all right? Always good in the church to have wisdom and energy. <laughs> but there's this light that comes through Christ. There's this hope that comes through Jesus. In John chapter 14, verse 26, it says, Jesus says, my peace I will leave with you. There's a light and there's a peace when Jesus comes into your heart. There's a, there's a life that comes alive. And Taylor and I have had an opportunity to travel the world. Here's a few photos for you. Let's look at some of our world trip. Woohoo! There's Taylor in Italy. Santorini. Oh, sorry. No, not Santorini. That's in Greece. Positano. That's positive. <laughs> but he, he, she is here in Italy. and It was so beautiful, so outstanding. Let's look at the next one. There's me in Greece, in Santorini. Now, if you ever go there, there's a lot of stairs. Just be aware, a lot of stairs and a lot of oregano. <laughs> Let's go to the next one. Oh, look at that one. That was, that was fantastic. One night we went on a river cruise down the river. I ate snails. Taylor ate vegetarian everything. And the sun doesn't go down to 10 o'clock. And at the end, the Eiffel Tower, every hour, it sparkles. And so we kissed while the Eiffel Tower sparkled in the background. <laughs> I've set the bar high for my life now. I don't know how I'm going to keep up with that one. <laughs> Let's look at the next one. Oh, look. This is Iceland. We went to Iceland on a big adventure. And it was, you know you've got an amazing wife when she lets you go to Iceland on your honeymoon. 
It's a perfect snuggling weather. And so <laughs> we went to Iceland, and, and in Iceland, it's fish everything. Fish bake, fish stew, pickled fish, 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 fish. Taylor loves fish. She loved it. <laughs> Let's look at this next one. Here we go. We're just moving through. This is us in Switzerland, and we had an opportunity to meet Joel and Julie's parents who looked after us so well there, and they'll be here in a few weeks' time. And one thing I've learned about... Uh, Joel and Julie's parents is there, incredibly hospitable, and we just had so much fun with them. But this is us here in the Alps, uh, enjoying our time together. And so there's, there's probably more photos, but that, that's, an, that's enough for now. But, but it's amazing. We were able to see all these sites. We were able to go to all these amazing places. But because we're Christians, we wanted to go to church on Sunday. Not just because I'm a pastor, because it's who we are. And I said to Taylor, I don't, I don't want to go to one of those, just the, just the English church where they have about five. I want to go to the church where they're speaking in the language of the people who live there. It doesn't matter if I don't understand anything. I want to be with the people. And we went to Ice, the Icelandic church. and It was probably one of the best church service we've ever been to. If people from Iceland are watching this, good on them. And Iceland, when you go there, it's beautiful, but there's, there's a fair bit of spiritual activity. There's skulls everywhere. It, it, it's intense. But we walked into this church, and these people were so free. These people were so mature and classy. These people looked so healed and so whole on the inside and on the outside. I thought, this, this is the place to be. And it made us appreciate that there's something that's found in Jesus. This is the evangelist preaching this morning. There's something that's found in Jesus. There's the light in the darkness. There's the peace in the storm that you can't find anywhere else. You can't find it in a relationship, on a honeymoon, or at Dolce and Gabbana, at Louis Vuitton. It's only found in Jesus. And I, and I, I travel to the world to realize I already have the answer. I know my dad, he went searching through India. He went searching through all these countries, gurus, all of this, only to realize the little church down the road in his country town had the answer the whole time. Oh, come on. For every young person, there has to be a point where the God of your parents becomes your God. How long will you stay guessing, wondering, wishing? Come on, step into the life Jesus has for you by faith. You see, in the Old Testament, it, it talks about the people of Israel and, and what happened for them was, they, they were in Egypt. They were in captivity. There might be people here this morning, come on, who are captive to fear and to anxiety. To These people were captive, but God sent them a deliverer. His name was Moses. And through Moses, God delivered the people out of Israel. And they went through a journey of walking through the wilderness for 40 years. And God couldn't get the unbelief out of them, so he had to raise up a new generation. But eventually, God took them into the promised land. You know, and one of my favorite preachers for young people today is there there's a generation who have maybe not been bad they haven't been in the world they haven't been in captivity they're not addicted to drugs but but they can just be living in the wilderness born in the wilderness they're not bad but they're just in the wilderness and the wilderness is not an exciting place to be friend and it has to become a point as a young person but by faith you believe that God's going to bring you into the promised land what is that? All of a sudden, God's starting to speak into my life. God's starting to move in my life. God's starting to, it's more than just religion. God is working in my life. I know for me, two years ago, I was praying in my living room, praying for a wife, crying out to God. I was listening to Ed, to Cole, to Ed Cole. He said, Josh, be specific. God is a God of, here we go, specificity. <laughs> oh, I love that word. It's so much hard work. <laughs> I was praying to God. And I wrote this detailed list of all the things I was believing for. And dad always said to me, you've got to be on the lists on the, you've got to be everything on that list. Can't pray for a clean life and be a clean wife and be a slob. 
You've got to be the things on the list. And so I, I began to pray, 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 pray. And Taylor, I'd known Taylor for so long, but God began to speak to me about, hey, Taylor was the girl for me. And, and through a whole bunch of miracles, I just knew Taylor was the girl. And who would know two years later, here I am married. Who would know? But you see, you can be trying to do things yourself or you can begin to start trusting God. Begin to start believing Him for what He's going to do. And the cool thing is not only for you, but for all the people around you. I was listening to the sermons while, while I was away that we've had. Pastor Alan Wills, that was an incredible weekend. I was talking to a girl at the eight o'clock service and she came along on the Alan's Wills weekend. She said, I feel alive. And Alan's still calling her, encouraging her. <laughs> what a good man. Good on you, Pastor Alan. He texted me this morning. Come on, Josh. <laughs> But just life changed by Jesus. I was listening to the message Pastor Stuart's been talking about, cleaning out your life. That's been fantastic. We went to Rome and we loved Italy. But I said to Taylor, Taylor, and Italians, I love you. I love you, all right? I love you. I think I, I love Italians, all right. But Rome was not the city for us. <laughs> Take us to the Amalfi Coast, maybe Venice next time. But, but what they've done in, in Rome is, what they've done is they've got all these temples to all these Roman gods, big temples, and you can drive past this one, this one. They've got all these Egyptian idols, and what they've done is they've just planted churches all around them and put crosses on top of everything. And so when you go there, the atmosphere is confused because it's sort of bit of this, bit of that, bit of this, bit of that, bit of this, and it feels like that. I thought what they needed to do wasn't is get rid of all that other stuff. You know, for those Indians in the room, who knows, you can have many, but that decision to make Jesus the Lord of your life and to clear out all that other stuff, it's a big decision to make. But, 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 that's, but sometimes, you know, our hearts can be like that, can't it? Bit of new age, bit of this, bit of Buddhism, bit of this. But you, so you've got to clear out all the junk out of your life to say, Jesus is enough for me. Jesus is enough for me. We're talking to a gentleman, I think he's here in the service, and he was talking about uh, living in India, the persecution that his family went through when he decided to become a Christian talking to another family in the last week and they were saying that the message Pastor Stuart preached last Sunday night, if he would have preached that in India, they would have locked him up in prison and not let him out. You know, the, the intensity that these people are going through just to believe what we can believe freely here right now. What we can believe right this and There has to be a clearing out of your life to say that Jesus is enough, but, but it's more than just the clearing out. Then all of a sudden you've got to begin to step out in faith and believe that the God who helped you get free is the God who's going to help you bring freedom to other people. And that's, that's when things begin to change, when you begin to realize that you are not a victim of the world or a victim of circumstances. But as Jesus said, take, you've got peace on the inside. And now all of a sudden you can be a victor everywhere that you go. You can bring victory to any place that you go. I was hearing, uh, my dad was telling me about a testimony from the pastor's day about a gentleman named Don McDonnell. Don, I've met Don, he's a tall man. He's come to our church before and a lot of preachers have resources and we love them. They bring books and things like this. Don gets up and he goes, church, this is the only resource I need. <laughs> and he stands up. And he's just, he's, he's in your face. He's, he's, but at one point he had a, a youth pastor and they were catching up and they decided to go to a place to get a burger. But we'll go out, we'll go get a burger. And as they went to this burger place, they arrived there and there was all these bikies that, that showed up. And his youth pastor said, I'm a little bit nervous about being amongst this environment. We could get hurt here. Maybe we should leave. And Dom, being a big man with a lot of faith, said, we're not going anywhere. God wants us to be here. We'll stay. 
Now, I'm not saying go and hang out with bikies, okay? Don't say, Pastor Josh told me on Sunday. <laughs> You've got to have faith for it and wisdom. But they had a confidence that they were meant to be there. And so they began to, to eat. And, and, and then all of a sudden, Don said, God's starting to speak to me about this bikey. God's starting to speak to me about the, lead, the leader of this group. God's, God's starting to speak to me. His youth pastor said, well, you can go speak to him, but I... <laughs> I'm going to wait in the car if things go wrong and be the getaway for us. So his youth pastor, what a, this youth pastor, he's actually a brilliant youth pastor, but he's sitting in the car and Don goes up and talks to the bikey and he has a word about how God loves him and has a plan for his life. So he goes up to this big tough bikey with all his mates and said, God loves you and he has a plan for your life. The bikey looked at him and said, who told you that? Who, who, told, who told you to say that? Who told you to say that? And the bikey, he said, oh, no one. God told me when I was praying that I should talk to you. And he said, no, who, who told you, who made you, who told you to say that? Anyway, this bikey that morning had had a conversation with his mum and his mum had told him that God loves him and has a plan for his life and he needs to get out of that world. And his reaction was something along the lines of, well, let's see if someone else tells me that today. <laughs> and God brings this young man to speak the words that he needed to hear to bring him out of that life. Can I tell you, friend, today, the God of heaven and earth is with you. Come on, friend. As you go out into work tomorrow, you're not alone. <laughs> you're not alone. God is with you. And at some point, you've got to let faith get around your heart and let faith get around your life to believe that God is with you. Let's take a look at a clip. This is cool. Have you, heard of this, have you heard of this study that they did on people who read their Bible four times a week and what happened to them? If you haven't, you need to see this. The study was done from ages 8 to 80 years old over a significant time with a lot of people and the findings that they had from this study will shock you. If you read the Bible one time a week, there wasn't much change. Two times a week, not enough for this study. Three times a week, there was some change. But four times a week, this one will shock you. Listen up to these statistics. People who read their Bible four times a week, loneliness went down 30%. Anger went down 32%. Bitterness went down 40%. Alcoholism went down 47%. Feeling spiritually dead went down 60%. Watching porn, if you ever struggle with that, went down 60%. So never underestimate the power of God's word in your life. If you believe in the Bible, follow for more. Wow. Doesn't that stir you up? But who knows that we serve a God who wants to set us free to help others. You know, in Matthew, it talks about this woman. And this woman has an issue with blood. She, she's had this for a long time. She's sought physicians and she can't seem to break through. And they, they can't figure out what's wrong with her. Because of this condition in her life, she would have been unable to socialize because in the customs of the day, she was considered unclean. So that means no birthday parties, no cups of tea. The Bible doesn't say, but if she has children, no going to their birthday parties. She's completely isolated and she's beginning to run short on me. She's tried and tried and tried. And she hears that Jesus is coming to her town. And the Bible says that she reaches out to touch the edge of the hem of his garment. She reaches out to touch it. And Jesus says that he immediately feels power go from him. The disciples say, a lot of people have been touching you. The crowd has pushed in on you. 
But he says, no, this someone touched me and the power. You know, you can sit in church a long time and not receive anything. You, you, can, you can be a teenager who sits in church for years, but, but there has to become a point where you turn your faith on. When you go to work tomorrow, there has to be a point where you turn that faith dial on and decide to say, God is with me. And anyway, this lady, we know the story in the Bible, she got healed just by that one touch of Jesus' garment. Just that one touch. I was praying today and this, this week and there was someone that's come to the service and you've got pain in your teeth. That's what, someone with pain in their teeth and God wants to heal you and I want to pray for you in a minute. But, 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 but this, this woman got healed, but who knows that that's not the end of her story. That wasn't, well, that's wonderful. Who knows that now because she's healed, this woman has a whole new story. A whole new start. I love blind Bartimaeus, the man who was a beggar who sat on the side of the road. His father was a highly prized man. He sat on the side of the road begging. Jesus came by. They told him to be quiet, but the Bible says he cried out all the loud. And Jesus believed for him and he received a miracle. But the Bible says that Jesus went on to follow him down. The blind Bartimaeus went on to follow Jesus down the road. There was more for him. The Bible says in Mark and Matthew, it says, go into all the world. That's us today. Go into all the world. And it talks about as we go and we proclaim the gospel, it says signs and wonders will follow those who believe. Have you ever thought about that scripture? Signs. What's a sign? A sign. It's evidence that God is with you. Wonders. I could never have sworn that. There's a sign and a wonder that God is with you. Signs and wonders will follow those. So what if I've got to step out and start preaching the gospel and these signs and wonders will start following me as I believe? The Bible talks about demons being free. Come on, there's people in, in our city and in our world, come on, who are struggling with anxiety, who are struggling with fear, who are struggling with torment, all these things in their lives. Beautiful people that God, and come on, in a moment, Jesus can set them free. He can set them free. In a worship service, Jesus can set you free. It talks about sick people being healed. It talks about nothing deadly hurting you. But what's the key? You've got to start out, step out and start telling someone. Come on, sometimes the same faith you needed to see a miracle in your own life is the same faith you need to step out to start seeing miracles for other people. You need to step out again. Realizing that Jesus is the light of the world. He is the peace of the world. <laughs> Who's that person with the sore teeth? There's someone here today, the teeth, causing them problems. Some capacity, pain in your teeth. Yes. Come on, Sinet. I, I, that's what I was praying this week. I said, God, what do you want to do in the 10 o'clock service? <laughs> God loves you. God, we thank you for Sinet today. God, we thank you that you love her right now. We just pray right now, God, because of that covenant of Christ, God, your power flowing right now through Sinet's jaw, Lord, through her teeth, through every nerve in the name of Jesus Christ and your power, God, being released in her body in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Right now. Amen. Amen. Woohoo! so good peace life hope Christians that's us that's us that's what I wanted to preach about today <laughs> uh, I'm the 20-30 the minute preach tonight's going to be fantastic 
step in tonight by faith. You know, you can trust God. He's faithful all the time. You can trust him. You can trust him. He's the hope that you need. God wants to use people, I believe, this week. We're starting to see incredible miracles in our church. We've seen them over yet many years, but we're, we're seeing them. But, but what you have to do is you have to be a person who learns to get a hold of this book. That's why I showed that clip this morning. Because you have to let the Word of God get from here into here. You see, you can recite to me like a parrot all day that you're not afraid of heights. But let's go on a flying fox. And, and when you begin to meditate, which is think on, muse on this book, all of a sudden the truth of it begins to become the truth of your heart. You see, we're not trying to make God work for us. We need to learn how God works and get on board with what He's doing. And to begin to let the Word get around your life. As I was out visiting people this week, it's so easy for people to come under things, thoughts, attitudes, fears, worries. It's, it's so easy. You walk into people's, and it's sometimes, not everyone, but you walk into houses, business, and it can be heavy. But, but you've got to let the Word of God get around you. What does the Bible say? This peace I've left with you. And so you've got to begin to, I know when Peter was a new Christian, wasn't it, Peter? You got Bible Scriptures, put them in your car, put them around your house, everywhere. Because you had to begin to get faith to say, the old man used to be like this. But now the new man in Jesus begins to think like this. And all of a sudden, all, anything that tries to steal your peace, you say, no, 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 Jesus has come to bring me peace. He's come to bring that into my life. So all of a sudden, I let the Word of God begin to transform my faith and God begins to move. In the Bible, there was a young man named David. And David was a shepherd boy. The Bible says that he defeated a bear and a lion. That's brave. I haven't fought a bear before. But then he came up against Goliath. And when you read David's words, he talked about how he had a covenant with God. The people of Israel had a covenant with God, which is a promise. And that covenant was his strength. So he wasn't someone who was led by fear. He was led by this promise in God that gave him the confidence to defeat the lion and to defeat the bear and to defeat Goliath. And to be a powerful Christian, not a reactive Christian. You, I'm just pastoring for a minute. You, we have to be a church who believes what God says, who, who grabs hold of it, you see? You see, some people, I, I come to prayer meetings and they're so quiet because they're still thinking about something they did 25 years ago. Can I say, when you repented of your sin, in that moment, Jesus forgave you. The Bible says you were justified, just as if you'd never innocent. Don't let the devil take your confidence any longer, friend. You've been forgiven. The Bible says in Micah, it talks about the sea of forgetfulness. It's been forgiven from you because of what Jesus has done on the cross for you. And we have to let His Word begin to change our thinking. So all of a sudden, we're no longer thermostats. We just go with whatever, in thermometers, whatever the environment is. We become thermostats and we change the environment. We change it for the glory and for the purpose of God. This week, the devil is nervous that you might know who you are and change the environment. He's nervous that you might know what you have in God and begin to walk in it. So God, we thank you today by faith. We thank you today for your promises. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your goodness in our hearts and in our lives today. We thank you. We walk by faith in truth, knowing who you are. Jesus, you are the light of the world. You are the peace of our hearts. 
You are what we've been looking for. And I thank you, God, for what you're doing here this morning in this meeting. In Jesus' name, amen.